Hi, Len Power here again with Theatre of Power, my podcast focusing on theatre and related arts in Canberra and beyond. In the past month, there's been a surge in theatre openings and music concerts. It's great to be back in a theatre again. In this podcast, we'll talk about the shows I've seen recently, such as Wolf Lullaby, Jersey Boys, Lamb and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I'll also report on concerts by the Gregorian Brothers, The Song Company, Canberra Symphonia and Art Song Canberra. There's lots of interesting shows scheduled over the next couple of months and I'll talk about some of those too. So let's get started. I went to the opening night of Wolf Lullaby by Australian playwright Hilary Bell at the Q Theatre. This was an Echo Theatre production directed by the Q's new artistic director, Jordan Best. In a bleak, remote town, a small child is murdered. Suspicion falls on nine-year-old Lizzie. Convinced her daughter is guilty, Lizzie's young mother must make the tortuous choice between ignoring her intuition and presenting Lizzie to the police. Jordan gave us a strong production on a set designed by Chris Zuber that evoked the bleakness of a remote country town. Matthew Webster gave the show an ominous and threatening sound design that added considerably to the atmosphere of dread and the shadowy lighting was effectively designed by Jacob Aquilina. The strength of this production was in the direction of performances by the cast of four. As Lizzie, the nine-year-old accused of murder, Rachel Pengilly gave an extraordinary performance. Clearly older than the character she was playing, she convinced us that she was that troubled young girl. When I saw the actress in the foyer after the show, her transformation from her on-stage character to her real self showed what a remarkable job she had done. As Lizzie's mother, Natasha Vickery, gave a heartfelt performance of a woman who's found life difficult enough without the horrific situation she's now found herself in. As her partner, Joel Horwood, gave a strong performance of a man conflicted about love and commitment. Their scenes together were very real. Craig Alexander was also very good as the investigating town policeman. The director, Jordan Best, and her company gave us an effective and involving drama that raised many issues of concern. It was good to see a new production at Canberra Rep of Tennessee Williams' Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which was first produced on Broadway in 1955 to great acclaim. It won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama, and was made into a popular movie with Elizabeth Taylor and Paul Newman. Set in the home of wealthy plantation owner Big Daddy Pollitt on the evening of his birthday, the play examines the relationships of the various family members, primarily that of Big Daddy's son Brick and daughter-in-law Maggie, whose marriage is in crisis. As the evening wears on, it becomes clear that everyone in this dysfunctional family is entangled in a web of lies or mendacity, as the characters like to call it. The strength of this production was in the casting and skillful performances by everyone down to the smallest roles. The ensemble playing was particularly notable in the group scenes with the overlapping dialogue between characters very well played. Michael Sparks was an unexpectedly well-groomed big daddy whose coarseness and ruthlessness under the surface was all the more shocking and effective as a result. His attempt to reconcile with Brick was expertly played. Liz Sinclair Long was a loud and energetic big mama who hides her pain under a brash exterior. The actress particularly shone in the humiliation scene with Big Daddy and later in the play when she refused to face the truth about Big Daddy's health. Teg Sadana gave a fine performance as the drunk and bitter son Brick and he was particularly effective in the emotionally charged scenes with Big Daddy. 
Victoria Tyrrell Dixon showed a fine strength of character as Maggie, a determined outsider who proved she can hold her own against the family. Lainey Hart as the scheming pregnant sister May, and Ryan Erlinson as her partner in crime husband Gooper both gave highly effective performances. The Southern American accents were well maintained by everyone in the cast, but clarity was often lost in the first act, when characters were speaking upstage or too fast. The sprawling set design by Kate Clellan nicely evoked the Mississippi Delta location of the play. Director Anne Soames and her cast displayed an incisive understanding of the human complexities that Tennessee Williams intended with this play. Even though it was a play I knew very well, I felt myself drawn into the drama as if I didn't know what was coming next. Good theatre has the power to do that too. By the end, I felt I had experienced something quite special. It was great to catch up with Canberra Philharmonic's production of Jersey Boys on opening night. I was in my early teens in the 1960s when the Four Seasons singing group were a phenomenon. Radio stations played their songs constantly and the words of the songs were forever imprinted on our minds. Our parents hated them, of course, which only made them more fascinating. He sounds like a girl, I remember my father dismissively saying of lead singer Frankie Valley. We didn't know the story behind the Four Seasons back then, but in telling their story, the musical Jersey Boys doesn't flinch from the raw, tough background in New Jersey that these four singers came from. Each member of the group tells the story from his own perspective, giving an added depth to this tune-filled jukebox musical. The show ran for over 4,000 performances on Broadway, winning the Tony Award for Best Musical in 2006. Performers playing the Four Seasons have to be able to sound like the originals vocally, but they also have the formidable job of acting these colourful and uncompromising characters with depth and believability. Jared Newell, Dave Smith, Jonathan Rush and Zach Johnson all gave excellent performances in the roles. The guys were given strong support by a large ensemble of performers playing the various characters encountered along the way. Technical aspects of the production, sets, lighting and sound were all very well done. Choreography by Madeline White was nicely reminiscent of the 60s period and performed well by the large cast. Musical director Caleb Campbell achieved a spectacular result with the distinctive sound of the Four Seasons as well as the high standard of singing by the rest of the cast and the playing by his orchestra. Director Jim McMullen produced a highly polished show that gave the audience a truly memorable experience. Seeing Jersey Boys again brought back a fun memory for me. In 2014, I was on a cruise ship going through the Panama Canal and took part in a Broadway trivia quiz. I was doing pretty well, reaching a tiebreaker of three questions that would result in a winner of either myself or one other contestant. We both got the first question right, and then I beat the other guy to the second question about an obscure song from The Little Shop of Horrors. For the third question, the adjudicator played just the opening chord of a song, and we had to say which show it came from. My opponent looked puzzled, and suddenly it just hit me that it was the start of Can't Take My Eyes Off You from Jersey Boys, and so I won the night. I'm not usually that good at trivia nights. In fact, I can be a bit of a menace, convincing others in my team that I'm positive I know the answer to a question, and then, after they've gone with my suggestion, finding out that I was wrong after all. Next up at the Q Theatre was Lamb, a play first presented by Red Stitch Theatre in 2018. It was a quietly reflective look at a family on the land and the impact of life decisions taken over the years. 
Returning to the family home for her mother's funeral after many years, Annie confronts the resentment of her brother Patrick, who is bitter that his own dreams were never realised. Left to look after ageing parents and an older sister Kathleen, who appears to be mentally challenged, he channels his feelings about his life through his music. It's the music that binds these people together, and the songs written by Mark Seymour are a powerful part of this play. While Patrick is difficulty expressing his feelings verbally, the music gives us a better understanding of the emotional turmoil of this man. There are fine, in-depth performances by the cast of three. Darcy Kent really gets under the skin of his character Patrick, and sings and plays the guitar with great sensitivity. Bridget Gallagher plays Annie and also doubles in the role of Mary, a woman working at the local bar who has had a liaison with Patrick. She's also a fine singer. Emily Goddard gives a warm and believable performance with a nice touch of innocence as the older sister Kathleen. The play is presented in a series of scenes that shuffle back and forth through a period of about 40 years. It was confusing at first as the characters never appear to age, but changes in the setting eventually clue us in. There seemed to be no dramatic point to the doubling of the characters Annie and Mary by the same actor. Directed at a deliberate pace by Julian Myrick, it's the emotional journey of these people that's important. In retrospect, it would be good to see a production that solves the 40-year time span with the same actors better, but these characters still haunted me well after the play finished. If you'd like to read my full reviews of these shows, you'll find them in the Canberra Critics Circle blog. Now let's have a look at some of the music concerts I've attended recently. I attended the Art Song Canberra concert Kaleidoscope, which was presented by soprano Jade McFall with Lucas Allerton on piano. As autumn approaches with its expected change of colours, it was an inspired idea to celebrate in song the astonishing kaleidoscope of the colours of nature we experience in Australia. Soprano Jade McFall was born in South Australia in 1996, but moved to Canberra in 2014 and completed a Bachelor of Music Honours degree at the Australian National University. She's won several prizes in music and voice and is regularly involved in local music ensembles and choirs. Lucas Allerton graduated from the ANU School of Music with honours in piano in 2013. He has won several prizes and is active on the art song scene. He is now employed as an accompanist for vocalists at the ANU School of Music. The concert reflected Jade McFall's advocacy for the programming and performance of Australian art songs, which explore the relationship between poetry and music in this form. The program commenced with The Rainbow, composed by Australia's Calvin Bowman, to a text by American poet William J. Smith. It was a good choice for the start of the program, displaying the range and quality of McFall's beautifully clear soprano. From there, the program concentrated on individual colours, several set by composers to the texts of the early 20th century Australian poet John Shaw Nielsen. With The Orange Tree, composed by Horace Keats, McFall displayed the notable clarity of her diction, as well as the ability to project the depth of emotion underlying the song. With You and Yellow Air, composed by Alan Tregascus, McFall's confidence and joy of singing was clearly displayed as she told this touching love story. Other highlights of the program included Now Touch the Air Softly, composed by Calvin Bowman, which was sung with great delicacy and sensitively accompanied by Lucas Allerton. The Hour of the Parting, composed by Gerald Glynn, was another highlight, requiring a distinctive change of mood to create a melancholy atmosphere of lost love. 
The finale, O Yellow, Yellow Sweet, composed by Alan Tregaskis, was uplifting, melodic, and beautifully performed by both singer and accompanist in perfect harmony, bringing this excellent concert to a close. Art Song Canberra have been regularly presenting these terrific concerts since 1976. If you've never had the experience of attending a program of art songs, there's no better way to spend an afternoon. What is an art song? It's a type of classical song, usually, but not always, performed with piano accompaniment, using beautiful texts, often by great poets. The piano is equally as important as the voice, playing a vital role in portraying the meaning of these songs, not only supporting the voice, but meticulously setting the mood of the song. Art Song Canberra attract really top-class artists in this field, and they have a very loyal following of music-loving Canberrans. Do yourself a favour and go along to the next concert at the Wesley Music Centre on May the 23rd with soprano Susanna Lorigren, who is presenting a program called Fairy Tales from Home. Details are in Arts on Canberra's website. I was delighted to be given the chance to review the recent Gregorian Brothers concert at the National Museum of Australia. Entitled This Is Us, A Musical Reflection of Australia, it truly celebrated the Australian spirit. For the large audience in the cavernous entrance hall of the museum, the concert became an intimately shared and ultimately memorable experience. Commissioned by the National Museum to compose a suite of music to celebrate its 20th anniversary, the Gregorian brothers, Leonard and Slava, focused on 18 objects that, to them, represented what it means to be Australian. They chose artefacts that represent our First Nations history, as well as colonisation, migration and innovation, along with stories of love and loss. Slava Gregorian played both classical and electric guitar, while Leonard Gregorian played classical guitar, 12-string guitar and tenor ukulele. Instruments were often deftly changed during an item. The brothers' technical skill is now legendary, and their composition produced colourful music of great variety, filled with a wide range of emotions and a fine musical evocation of Australia, the people and its history. It was an exciting experience watching them play while so thoroughly immersed in their music. Every item in the concert strongly illustrated the various facets of the past that make this country so culturally unique. The Gregorian Brothers' superb suite of music made it clear that being a part of Australia's rich history was something to feel deeply proud of. I was lucky enough to be given a seat in the front row dead centre, only about three feet away from the performers. Seeing them so close up, gave me the opportunity to really watch the precise fingering on their instruments and, watching their faces, I could see the thoughts that seemed to bounce back and forth between them while so immersed in the music. I was so impressed with the music that I bought the CD afterwards. It's available on the ABC Classic label. In their first concert for 2021 at the Wesley Uniting Church, Canberra Sinfonia presented two works, Rainfall of Diamonds, by young Australian composer Chloe Sinclair, and the 1944 ballet music Appalachian Spring by America's Aaron Copeland. Chloe Sinclair is currently undertaking a Master of Music composition under Paul Stanhope at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music. She has already won numerous prizes and has written pieces for several choirs. 
Her composition, Rainfall of Diamonds, which was commissioned by Canberra Sinfonia, was inspired by the idea of movement and stillness, titled for the diamond-like rain that occurs on other planets, combined with the beauty and precious nature of rain and water systems on our own planet. This atmospheric and melodic work successfully conjured up otherworldly images of sparkling colour and beauty. The orchestra played with great clarity and depth, creating a soundscape that enabled the imagination to soar. Erin Copeland's ballet Appalachian Spring was first performed in 1944. It won the Pulitzer Prize for Music, and its popularity has continued ever since as an orchestral suite. In this concert, the complete full-length version for 13 instruments was played. Set in rural Pennsylvania, the work details the everyday lives of a young American couple in this rustic setting. The music is lyrical and romantic, with a sense of the grandness of the countryside, as well as day-to-day life. The instantly recognisable tune, Simple Gifts, is woven into the music to great effect. The playing by the orchestra under the baton of Leonard Weiss was notable for its warmth in the opening and closing passages of the work and the sudden bursts of action in the revivalist section. Canberra Symphonia is one of Canberra's newest semi-professional music ensembles designed for and by emerging professional musicians in Canberra. It was good to see a near-capacity audience for them at the Wesley Uniting Church. The performers fully deserve the resounding applause they were given at the end of the concert. I was really looking forward to the Song Company's new concert, Dances of Passion, at the Street Theatre, but it turned out to be something of a disappointment. An attempt to dramatise three very different song works proved to be a challenge that the Song Company was unable to meet effectively. The music was very well sung and played, but the acting performances and staging left a lot to be desired. The four artists of the Song Company, Roberta Diamond, soprano, Janine Harris, mezzo-soprano, Ethan Taylor, tenor, and Hayden Barrington, baritone, performed three musical works under the title of Dances of Passion. Francis Greep accompanied the first two sets and was joined at the piano by Anthony Pitts for the final set. The first work was Collection de Tonadillas from 1914, with music by the Spanish composer Enrique Granados, set to poems by Fernando Periquet. These songs of love and passion gave each of the singers the opportunity to display the full range and quality of their voices. The highlights were Roberta Diamond singing the discrete Mayo with superb clarity and sensitivity, and Hayden Barrington wistfully singing the forgotten Mayo in his pleasingly rich baritone. The second work, Fables for a Prince, was written in 1989 by American art song composer Juliana Hall. Set to the fables of French poet Jean de La Fontaine of the 17th century, These charming songs required strong harmony singing, and the ensemble performed them with great assurance. The final set of songs was The Love Songs Waltzes by Johannes Brahms. Composed in 1868, the waltzes are a collection of 18 love songs for voices and piano for hands. The duet O Women, O Women, sung with great feeling by Ethan Taylor and Hayden Barrington, was a highlight, as was the following duet, Like the Evening's Lovely Red, sung by Roberta Diamond and Janine Harris, whose fine voices blended superbly. The decision to give the sets of songs a contemporary through story, with the performers interacting in modern casual clothing, detracted from the musical aspect of the program. The acting looked unsettled, lacking in motivation, and was self-conscious. 
Badly timed movement often drew attention away from the singing. Fortunately, the music and vocal performances transcended the acting aspects of the show. On the 21st of March, it was back to the Wesley Music Centre for the second Art Song Canberra concert for the year, Sonia's Art Song Leader Book, with soprano Sonia Anfiloff and pianist Kylie Loveland. It takes a lot of courage to give a performance of songs that can trigger deep emotions related to memories, good and bad, from a singer's past. In her concert of a range of romantic songs, soprano Sonia Amphiloff took the audience into her confidence, explaining that a reliance on technique can often be necessary to avoid being overwhelmed in performance by the powerful emotions certain songs can generate. This honesty resonated with her audience, adding an unexpected extra dimension to this concert. In chronological order from 1814 to 1938, Sonia Amphiloff performed songs by Schubert, Schumann, Brahms, Tchaikovsky, Foray and others. Many of these songs, she explained, she had not had the opportunity to sing for various reasons during her early years of study. The concert commenced with Gretchen at her spinning wheel by Franz Schubert. It was an excellent choice as it gave the singer the opportunity to display the full range and power of her voice as well as her ability to convey the emotions at play under the surface of the song. Her delicate singing of the heartbreak of lost love in the final two verses was especially fine. Amongst other highlights were the well-known Serenade by Franz Schubert, as well as Dedication and Tomorrow by Richard Strauss, a composer she clearly enjoys singing. The most outstanding performance of the concert was Exquisite Hour by Rinaldo Hahn, a beautiful song given an interpretation of extraordinary sensitivity. Accompanist Kylie Loveland gave great support throughout the concert and her playing of Dedication by Strauss, Eternal Love by Brahms and Tomorrow, also by Strauss, were especially memorable. The concert finished with an encore performance of the ever-popular aria Caro Mio Ben by Giordani. Both Sonia Amphiloff and Kylie Loveland deserved the warm and sustained applause they received from the audience. Don't forget to go along to Arts on Canberra's next concert in May with Susanna Lorigren. I'll definitely be there. You can read my full reviews of these concerts in the Canberra Critics Circle blog. The Alliance Francais French Film Festival still has over a week to run. I was lucky to be asked to preview some of the films on offer. I can recommend The Godmother with Isabelle Huppert about a police translator who, desperate for money, gets involved with the other side of drug dealing with hilarious results. She wins us over to her side immediately and we worry for the rest of the film if she'll get caught, even though drug trafficking is really no joke. In the droll comedy Delete History, three middle-aged people decide to fight back against the internet. Mari, Blanche Gardin, is a single parent whose sex tape has leaked online and wants it taken down before her son sees it. Bertrand, Denis Poliades, has been writing to Facebook asking them to do something about the cyberbullying his daughter is suffering, but to no avail. Christine, Corinne Maziero, is a driver for a rideshare company and can't handle any more one-star reviews. This is a laugh-out-loud comedy that makes a serious point about the dominance of technology in our lives. You'll never look at your phone in the same way again. French filmmakers are masters of the romantic comedy drama, and Love Affairs is a new film that reinforces that view. This was my favourite of the films I previewed. 
In love affairs, a pregnant young woman, Daphne, has been left alone in the French countryside by her boyfriend, Francois, while he is away working. Francois arranges for his cousin, Maxime, to stay with Daphne for company. Maxime is a young man heartbroken due to a recent failed love affair. Thrown together, Daphne and Maxime spend the time telling each other the stories of their relationships, little realising that the intimacies they are sharing are drawing them closer together emotionally. Beautifully photographed in the French countryside by Laurent Desmay, this is a memorable film with a lot to say about the complexities of modern love. Just like life, it's funny, surprising, and then unexpectedly moving. It's an enjoyable, emotional journey from start to finish. My full reviews of these three fine films can be read in the Canberra Critics Circle blog. This week I'm going to the Q Theatre to see Margaret Fulton the musical and also Be More Chill, another musical at the Gungarland College Theatre. I'll report on them in my next podcast, but my reviews will be published in the meantime in Canberra City News for Be More Chill and in the Canberra Critics Circle blog for Margaret Fulton. The Australian musical Fangirls opens this week at the Canberra Theatre Centre. Fangirls follows the uproarious story of Edna, a plucky misfit scholarship girl who believes that she alone can win the heart of the world's biggest pop star, Harry. Sure, he has 38 million other fans, but for Edna, that's merely a hurdle, because there's nothing she won't do to meet Harry. Canberra's Mixed Ability Theatre for Social Change Company, Rebus Theatre, presents The Beauty Thief this Friday, 26th of March, at Belconnen Community Theatre. Devised by a cast of people with differing abilities, The Beauty Thief is a reflection on the idea of beauty and its relationship to worth and power. In the form of a traditional fairy tale, the story unfolds using minimal dialogue, relying on movement and music to tell the tale, with dance sequences performed by the CD teams from Canberra Dance Theatre. In April, Canberra Rep will be presenting a new production of Louis Nauer's Cosy and the National Opera Debuts with Mozart's La Clemenza de Tito. And on the 15th of April, Free Reign's production of the popular musical Mamma Mia gets underway at the Q Theatre in Queanbeyan. Well, thanks for listening. In my Theatre of Power podcast page on Facebook, you'll find the relevant links to the upcoming shows I've talked about here. Please subscribe to my podcast and like and share my Facebook page, Theatre of Power podcast. This is Len Power with Theatre of Power. The original music for this podcast is composed by Chris Oppert. I'll be back with another podcast soon. Mm-hmm.